this is no, this is the media majors podcast. Stop singing! Stop singing with the beat. This is media majors. I'm Liam Senior. This is Tom Lockney. Jesus Christ! This is the this is the this is the theme. This is going to be the theme of the podcast, and you are singing over it. Never. This is media majors. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another fun, fun episode of Media Majors. Another Woo! group episode. We have a returning guest. Guest, reintroduce yourself. Yeah, no. Hey, guys, I'm Eric. You may remember what? me from that time I talked about Hitler for a while. Oh, you mean on the podcast and not your right-wing blog. Yeah, not your alt-right Tumblr. Where yeah. you tried to do a portmanteau of Eric and Aryan and it doesn't work. Honestly, it was kind of a stretch. <laughs> Media Majors is a storytelling podcast about major media. I'm interested in video games and internet culture. I like long walks on the beach, but mostly TV and movies. And I know more about sports than these two guys put together, so that's my field of expertise. It's my turn to go first today. Yeah, Liam, tell us a, tell us a story. Yeah, I got a bottle of beer. 1985! <laughs> Recurring bit on the show, Liam screams a date. Uh, a cartoonist met with a famous movie producer about adapting his comic strip to make shorts for a sketch show. Fearing that he would lose the rights to his comic and the show would tank with him, he decided to scribble down a new idea. He drew a family of five based on his own family, his father, Homer, his mother, Marge, and his younger sisters, Lisa and Maggie. Not wanting to name the main character after him, he made it an anagram of Brat, naming the son Bart, and thus the first incarnation of The Simpsons was created, a mere 10 minutes before his pitch meeting with James L. Brooks. Awesome. You've been teasing a Simpsons episode for a while. Yeah, The Simpsons Writers episode. So, Matt Groening, he invented The Simpsons. Originally, he was doing a comic strip called Life is Hell about how he hated the world around him. Uh, and he decided he didn't want to make that as a show because he wanted to keep doing the comic without um, this opportunity fucking it up. So he met with James L. Brooks. He, James L. Brooks loved the idea of an animated family. It was going to be for shorts in, a, in the Tracy Ullman show. Current Rick and Morty director Wes Archer and uh, Simpsons mainstay David Silverman would animate all the shorts with the help of Matt Groening, and the three of them produced The Simpsons Family with the help of James Brooks. After the Tracy Ullman show completely fucking tanked because she's terrible at everything, Fox approached Matt and James about making The Simpsons a full half-hour show. They fleshed out the characters and brought in a team of veteran writers from both Saturday Night Live during the shitty 80-year, 80s uh, seasons and Army Man magazine created by ex-SNL writer George Myers, uh, who would go on to write some of the greatest Simpsons episodes, and thus the first Simpsons writer room was born. This included Matt Groening and James L. Brooks, as long as producer Sam Simon, who once uh, said that Matt Groening is the worst person in the fucking universe. They hated <sighs> each other. Oh. Uh, and then they had maybe they would go on to have like the greatest writer rooms of all time for the first couple of eight years. But that first uh, season was George Myers, Angry Birds scribe and Alvin and the Chipmunk movie scribe John Vitti. Oh, OK. Got a real ringer here. Oh, yeah. Uh, John Vitti, who wrote some great episodes, too. Jeff Martin, current Simpsons showrunners Al Jean and Mike Rice, Frazier's Jay Kogan, American Crime Stories Wallace Walidarski and maybe the greatest comedy writer and our focal point of today's story, John Swartzwelder. 
Who is John Swartzwelder, Liam? So John Swartzwelder is considered to be maybe the greatest comedy writer of all time. He huh. wrote a whopping 59 episodes of The Simpsons. He worked on the show for 14 years. Before that, he was on SNL and fucking hated it. There is a group of writers who I adore that include him and George Myers and Bob Odenkirk and a bunch of other people who had like one year, Hannibal Burris, who had like one year on Saturday Night Live and were all like, it fucking sucks. It's super clicky. Lauren's a douchebag. Everyone's awful. No one likes good ideas. <laughs> That's why SNL was canceled that year. It almost was because in the 80s it was super shitty. So George Myers quit SNL and him and Swartzwelder created Army Man magazine and then all those writers joined The Simpsons. Uh, Swartzwelder has been described by the other writers as the funniest and best comedy writer of all time, 14 years and 59 episodes. A lot of people actually thought that it w he was fake. It was a pseudonym um, that all of the writers would use like on Shakespeare. Room episodes. Like Shakespeare was secretly Christopher Marlowe and Doc Brown traveling back in time. Well, and Francis sure Bacon. was good. Uh, and the um, 14th Earl of something. The, the Ro one. Roland Emmerich made an incredible movie about it, where, where Derek Jacobi walks out and goes, my entire career is a fraud. <laughs> did you watch that movie by any chance? No! <laughs> I didn't. I haven't seen a Roland Emmerich movie since my dad forced me to watch Independence Day. When I was nine. <laughs> I don't think anybody from our generation has voluntarily watched that movie. People love Independence Day. It was upon us by those goddamn baby boomers. Why? I don't understand why people like Independence Day so much. Because like, Will Smith is very charming, but like I can I mean, name Will a Smith bunch of great. better Will. Come on. It was before Men in Black, right? Yeah. So yeah, that's why people watched it. Okay, so Swartzwelder, uh, so I, th I think this is pretty cool. He sent a joke submission to Late Night with David Letterman in 83, but didn't leave an ad address or anything. And Jim Downey, who was an SNL writer and late night writer, he like looked up through phone books at the New York Public, li public Library, was able to contact Swartzwelder's mom in Seattle, who redirected her to Chicago. And Swartzwelder interviewed with David Letterman and had one of the most spectacularly awful interviews in history. <laughs> it consisted of him entering David Letterman's office without permission, discussing the current state of television, that it was all shit, while smoking and drinking the entire time. He was not hired for Letterman, but he did get hired for um, SNL. That's like that's like cops going through all this all this legwork to find a body and then just throwing it in a dumpster fire. <laughs> yep. Uh, well, Jim Downey left Letterman so he could write with Schwartzwelder, but Schwartz we'll get to we'll get to why it was hard to work with Schwartzwelder right now. By 1994, with the show sixth season, Schwartzwelder was granted a special dispensation and allowed not to attend rewrite sessions with the rest of the staff. So how the Simpsons writers' rooms works is they would break up all the stories they wanted to do that season, and then they'd assign everybody to write it. Everyone would go and write their scripts, and then they'd come back, and the showrunners in the whole room would edit and edit and edit and edit, and then they would get the scripts. Um, Swartzwelder's scripts were so good that only about 50% of it need to be rewritten, which is huge in television, because usually... Well, in Community, they would call it the 98-2 rule, where you have to get rid of 98% of what you did and keep 2% every single draft. So, super fucking hard. Uh, he would also just chain smoke cigarettes and talk about his weird libertarian beliefs the entire time. <laughs> uh, future Futurama co-creator David S. Cohen once said he went on a whole 
went on a whole staunch thing about how there's been more rainforest than ever and that environmentalism was bullshit. Wait, so his argument was that there is actually a lot of rainforest? Yep. He was an old-timey Americana fan and enjoyed, uh, and enjoyed like, stuff like, you know, old-timey Americana, which is why a lot of his Simpson episodes have to do with hobos, prohibition speakeasies, carnies, 19th century baseball players, aging Western movie stars, and Sicilian gangsters. He was probably, like, the biggest Penn & Teller fan in the world, right? <laughs> I w- okay, I just want to watch Penn & Teller fight uh, David Blaine to the death. Mm. That'd be great. Throw in Chris Angel and David Copperfield, and I am in. Holy shit. Yes. God, Chris Angel was get his, would get his ass whooped, wouldn't he? Uh, I think he's the most in shape out of all of them, so he'd probably do that. I think best. he would turn his tattoos into real animals, a la the Electra movie, and he would win the fight by having a tattoo. A la Ray Bradbury. He just seems so, like, uh, unstable. Dude. Like, not. What's emotion- that Ray Bradbury book called? The Tattoo Dude? <laughs> Is that what it's called? That Dude with All Them Tats by Ray Bradbury? Anyway, I'm a big fan of Penn and Teller, but they're also huge libertarians, and that's not something I'm a fan of. Yeah. And they're also real big into carny culture, which is why I talked about them. Oh, then Schwarzwalder is probably a huge fan. Yeah, it made sense. Uh, I don't know if you guys know this, the biggest thing in The Simpsons uh, with the DVDs are writers' commentaries, where they get all the writers just comment on it. All the writers are really funny people. Conan O'Brien was a writer. Uh, Mike Scully was a writer. Uh, Greg Daniels was a writer. So it's just like funny guys. Uh, Swartzwelder has refused to participate. <laughs> He's refused to participate in any sort of, any type of promo or press stuff. He's like, fuck no. The best showrunner of The Whole Simpsons, uh, David Merkin, once invited, also his last name is Merkin. Hilarious. Yeah. Uh, David Merkin once invited Swartzwelder to make a brief appearance in a pre-recorded bit in which he would have been asked if he wanted to take part, and he would just say no. And he even refused to do that. So during the recording for the episode The Cartridge Family, which is an episode that Schwarzwelder wrote where Homer gets a gun, uh, showrunner Mike Scully called Schwarzwelder's home during the uh, commentary. He talked about guns. He was in the middle of cooking a steak and drinking whiskey, and he ended it with, too bad this really isn't John Schwarzwelder, and hung up. And Scully said, I know he's going to sue us if we use this. <laughs> Why did he not want to participate in the in the bits? Was this some sort of weird kind of a, he uh, did not. He philosophy? Like, no, no, he just doesn't like people. It, it'll kind of, you'll see where I'm going with it, and you'll kind of get a better picture of who he is at the end. Uh, but one, one last thing I really like is he would always write at this diner in the same booth where he would just drink copious amounts of coffee and smoke tons of cigarettes. He would write all of his Simpsons scripts on an old typewriter, too. And that coffee shop closed down, and he had enough money to buy the booth and install it in his house. So he still, to this day, because he writes books now, writes on a typewriter in that diner booth. Drinking, co- drinking coffee, whiskey, and cigarettes. Are we sure that this guy is not a serial killer? Because that uh, is the vibe yeah. that I'm getting from this dude. How much does it cost to just buy a booth from a coffee shop that's closing down anyway? Probably not that much. Can't but be I that imagine much. That, I imagine that he was also able to get it installed for, like, a really good that deal. That probably costs money. he also had fucking Simpsons money, dude. I'm going to guess there's probably a couple hundred at least bucks. At least seven dollars. <laughs> yeah, at least a shilling and a hay penny. 
Uh, he currently has a Twitter account where he just tweets sections from his many absurdist detective no- novels, <laughs> and it's also an egg logo instead of a picture of him. Of course it is. There's only one picture of him online from a writer's room photo, and he's in the back, uh, so you can barely see it. But he's animated in the show a lot, sometimes holding signs saying, Free John Swartzwelder. <laughs> So, a lot of Simpsons writers went on to other shows, Seinfeld, Frasier, Everybody Loves Raymond, and a lot of them went to create their own shows, Futurama, The Office, and a little show called Parks and Recreations. Parks and Recreations, it's a great show, it was created by longtime Simpsons writer Greg Daniels and Mike Schur, who was not a Simpsons writer. Nick Offerman auditioned for the role of Paul Schneider's character, um, he wasn't really right for the part, but Greg Daniels saw something in him and came up with the character of Ron Swanson for him. Ron Swanson is John Swartzwelder. He is a staunch pro-gun libertarian, libertarian into old-timey Americana, drinking scotch, reclusive, and hilarious. If you take in the fact that Greg Daniels spent most of his early writing career in a room with John Swartzwelder... I mean, it's all there. That makes yeah, that makes a lot so of sense. So when you want to think cool. about who John Swartzwelder was, he's Ron Swanson. On Parks and Recreation, there's no S on mm-hmm. the end. Just wanna. Okay. Yes. I'm just wanna. Oh, I call it. I call it Parks and Rec. So that's my story about John Swartzwelder, the greatest comedy writer of all time. Watch his Simpsons episodes; they're all fucking fantastic. What did What did What did he do after the Simpsons? Books. Oh, okay. He actually, well, this part's cool. So he tried to do a half-hour comedy western, and he used the original crew from Gunsmoke and, like, all the sets and got some of the people in it, and it it, it apparently is not good. (laughs) Because the studio was like, we can't let you do this without you having to make tons of awful sacrifices. Okay. Uh, So, yeah. But he mostly just writes really funny books that people seem to like. They're absurdist detective novels. Hmm. All right, is it time that we got a word from our sponsors? I guess. <laughs> All right. Well, Liam, Eric, are you are you interested in things not of this earth? No. All the time. Something that something Never. that your mind can barely comprehend. Yo, I got I a like hard sponsor. dick for extraterrestrials. Well, then you should So you try. don't have ED for ET? <laughs> Well, then you should try out Unnatural Box. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I am already against the sponsorship. <laughs> Are you looking to expand your knowledge in a terrible, grotesque way? Well, I, well, I guess. Exclusively. This is what this podcast is supposed to be. <laughs> in return for a dark secret or a blood sacrifice, <laughs> Unnatural Box will send you a steel box in the mail full of something sure to expand your understanding of the known universe. Now, Tom, when you say blood sacrifice, does that mean my child or a mere goat? Or a chicken. Well, it depends. It it, it depends on how much you love the thing you're sacrificing. So if you love the goat more than your newborn babe, then you'll get something even more great and terrible. But, you know, it's all relative. Um... How involved is H.P. Lovecraft's ghost with this? The answer is super involved. The answer is super involved. Did he make the elevator pitch for the tech startup? 
HP yeah. Loves Crafts Ghost is here, and he's going to throw some real oh, sick racism at you. It's me, HP <laughs> Lovecraft's Spooky Ghost. I wrote The Call of Cthulhu. Buy my product. <laughs> Heaven's expensive. Ooh, spooky ghost. Get out of here, HP. Enter the code media majors on their website. If you dare. Ooh, spooky Lovecraft. Honestly. Write, not that scary. Write media majors in the blood of your newborn to prevent <laughs> Lovecraft's ghost from spewing <laughs> racial slurs at you and your family. You and your remaining family. I am surprised slash impressed that they have a website. I feel like it would be more like send a letter by Raven well, or something. Well, it's not so much a website as it is like a deep web fan page of a gore porn uh, 4chan site, but it's technically a website. Yes. Or you can stumble upon a terrible bound book made out yeah. of flesh and blood. Whisper whisper your darkest nightmare to a salmon, and three <laughs> days later, uh, a package will come to you that says, Why You are now part salmon? of... They're the most evilest of fish, because all I want to do is fuck. You have to go look in the Miskatonic archives for a Boz relief. <laughs> Rewatch True Detective backwards while doing PCP, and an angel from... From Mormonism will speak to you and show you the way. I feel like th these are all the things you can get in an unnatural box. Although only the first episode of True Detective will really feel that satanic backwards. Once you get all the way back to the first episode, it'll start feeling yeah, pretty. Yeah, you're gonna be like, "This is boring." Yeah. <laughs> um, I just skip that second. Season. I started off with like stabbing and like crazy horror. Now I'm just down to Matthew McConaughey and beer. He keeps, like, putting cans together from scrap metal <laughs> that he just has. How is this the end of the show? Now, Tom, Unnatural Box sent us a free box. Uh, have you opened it yet? Because it's been loudly shaking this entire podcast. This oh. long bit. There it is Tom, now. stop hitting the table. Oh Tom, stop hitting the table. Just open the box. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's, let's find out. Sounds of me opening a box. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! Oh my god! Oh my so god! That's cum. the sound of my blood! That's the sound of all my blood! There's a lot it's of blood, blood everywhere! Oh my god! So remember to carve media majors into the next child you run over, and you'll be sent a free unnatural box with uh, your worst nightmare, and maybe your best dream? No, it's your worst nightmare. Do you hear that, Timmy? Nature. This accident was good for something. <laughs> Dad, my legs are cold. <laughs> and it's summer. And I can't move. Don't worry, Timmy. I'll bring you back. I don't care, Timmy. I got box. a box. Yeah. Bite down this stick. Daddy's got to carve a code in your back. <laughs> All right, Tom, tell us a story so I stop talking about carving that children up. That was a up. long bit. <laughs> that was a long bit is a different podcast Eric and I host. <laughs> we'll talk about it at the end. <gasps> you guys I've been resurrected I'm back from hell all of my blood is out of my body and is Jimmy there's Hendrix a great there? there's there's a great and deep darkness inside of me but perfect time to talk about the internet I'm gonna talk about a greater and deeper darkness known as daddy gate oh no <laughs> not daddy gate anything but daddy gate this is this is perhaps the the most recent topic uh, I've ever discussed on media majors. 
happening. It's also the first time I know about what we're talking about. Yeah. It happened early this year in our, in the year of our Lord 2016, the most fucking ghoulish, awful year in recorded in human history. fucking history. Yeah, it's, it's real bad. So, so, boys, do you know what the term daddy is, what it means? A uh, daddy is a, is a dad. Or are we talking about, well, I'll let you say Also it. known as a father. Shut up, Aaron. <laughs> daddy is... Daddy is sleepy, so please quiet down. Daddy, uh, meaning a typically older man sexually involved in a relationship or having sexual interest in a younger person. Uh, this is this is most commonly used today in the gay community. So usually it's it's an older man with a younger man. However, during the Summer Olympics, I was informed that Michael Phelps is Daddy AF. <laughs> I hate the world we live on. I want to blow everyone up. <laughs> Unlike Madonna, who wants to blow everyone. No, but she's also got votes four for minutes Hillary to save Clinton. the world. Eric, no, are you... Don't, first of all, that is an old-ass reference. Shut the you fuck up. Madonna. You mentioned the door. <laughs> yeah, because, because two days ago, she was like, I'm going to blow everyone who votes for Hillary Clinton. <laughs> this is a true story. So was mine. It usually involves a traditional parental, parental <laughs> hierarchy with the daddy providing emotional support and guidance. Uh, usually the the two people in the relationship are referred to as daddy and boy, that's B-O-I, or dad and son. I mean, me and my dad fuck all the time, is that weird? <laughs> no, seriously, that's guys, is that weird? That's pretty weird, Liam. I don't think it's that weird. That is more than a little weird. We're Romans. In its current form, the term daddy has- I just want to quickly say that that is not true, <laughs> just so people know. <laughs> Thank you, Liam. Wait, Liam, Liam, were you joking on your comedy podcast about whether or not you fuck your dad? Yes. No, wait, I don't remember anymore. <laughs> What's real? I'm gaslighting myself. <laughs> in its current form, daddy has its origins in kink culture, specifically BDSM. I like to imagine that this is Tom talking about himself and he is daddy. <laughs> there are also ties to black culture, various Latin cultures, there's also a history uh, of the use of daddy uh, with sex with sex workers for centuries. From what I can tell, it has no specific sexuality uh, origin, though, as I said, it, it's most commonly used among gay folks. At least that's been my experience. Um, I've heard almost exclusively the people who I know who have used the term daddy uh, have been gay. You were talking about how it came out of the kink movement earlier? Yes. I was under the impression that daddy was bigger in the gay BDSM community than just the gay community. Am I wrong? Uh, no, no. It 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 definitely has its origins in the gay uh, BDSM cool. community. But I don't know if you guys are like Dan Savage followers, oh, but yeah, I've like learned great. a lot about. Oh yeah, he's great. I've learned a lot just about like I'm fascinated by human sexuality, so I've just like learned a lot about kink and shit. It's fascinating. Mm. Anywho's. Continue. Liam Sr. is fascinated with human sexuality. I don't think that's a weird thing to His say. His first specialization is movies and television. His second specialization is your darkest fantasy. Which is feet. It's feet. Everyone's darkest fantasy is fucking feet. Go to Google, type in a woman's name, we feet comes up. Yo, can I just say, I've never understood foot fetishes. I'm right there with never you, partner. Once. Everybody... Hey, you know what? Everybody has their own fetish if you're not hurting anybody. If that's what floats your balls, then by all means. I just like 
like really the meat pot or on the end of the legs pussy. that I'm we not... stand on, that's what you're going for? Or floats whatever you want to call your genitals. Let's not fucking label everything as balls or pussy. Uh, so... This is already my favorite episode. <laughs> now that we've now that we've thoroughly deconstructed human sexuality, we don't have to do it anymore, folks. Shut it all we down. We did it, guys. Cancel that sexual education class. Yep. Abstinence Liam solved it. Front page news. Stop fucking each other. So that brings us to uh, Shanley Kane. Do any of you know who Shanley Kane is? I do. Danity Kane's younger sister. <laughs> Shanley Kane is a uh, feminist tech activist, founder of Model View Culture, which is a uh, feminist tech publication, from what I gather, and uh, is is also a somewhat controversial figure during her activism. She's a very uh, driven, intense person, uh, which has rubbed uh, some people the wrong way, including some folks who have uh, worked with her. But generally, she's well-respected and liked. Uh, I think she does good stuff. Now, <laughs> what she did on Twitter was not good stuff. On August 20th, uh, she tweets the following, and I'm going to read it read it all to you. Do you have a... Do, does anybody... Do you have a voice that... Uh, a, that Steve you would Buscemi. Like? <laughs> okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to try and do my best Steve Buscemi. I was watching Boardwalk This is a Empire bad idea. <laughs> Don't have a deep psychosexual Freudian. And, oh my god, I don't have yeah, a Steve Yeah, no, that's Buscemi. him. That's old Stevie. Did Steve Buscemi walk in? Steve, welcome back to the podcast, bud. Don't have deep. <laughs> don't have deep psychosexual. Italian stallion himself, Steve Buscemi. <laughs> hey, it's me, Steve Buscemi. I'm walking here. Oh my god, I'm. It's me, Steve Buscemi. I'm so sorry, Steve. I'm just gonna <laughs> say this in my just say it in a normal, real voice. normal human being voice. Don't have deep psychosexual Freudian and Oedipal trauma slash dysfunction? Good for you. Stop appropriating daddy. So, I think everybody can see where we're going with this. Daddy came from queer leather folk and y'all vanilla ass bitches out here are like, yes daddy, while you have monogamous missionary sex. Actual queer leather people who do daddy in BDSM culture get treated like freaks and losers, and it's a cute fucking screen name for you. By the way, her screen name at the time of this is Deconstruct Me Daddy, so... (laughs) She sounds like a loser. (laughs) Uh, Your man finally figured out how to use whipped cream in the bedroom. That doesn't make it daddy. You're a long way from whippets and sodomy. Is she talking about whippets? No, no, no. Whippets. Okay. Sorry, that's... But wait, hold on, Tom. This is a joke. Is she talking about doing whippets or, like, whip stuff? Like, wh- like whip stuff. Whippets. Okay, cool. That's, that's why I say... I, thought, but I don't... Do you think I'm pronouncing whippets? No, 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 no. by accident? Yeah, I, well, I thought... No, no, no. I thought you were doing, like, a fun joke. But also because she mentioned whipped cream. I don't know. She's like, you don't fucking know daddy culture until you're high off whippets <laughs> fucking whipping each other. You don't know daddy till you huff pain and get fucked in the ass. All right. Hey, hey, Shailene, I don't want to know, Daddy, because that sounds awful. Calm down, Cupcake. Enjoy heterosexual oral sex and stay away from shit you don't understand. Justin Bieber will never be Daddy AF. Get off Instagram. And yes to- You're on Twitter! I, I, I told you that was a phrase, it's by the way. wrong platform! And yes to you ladies who think it's cute to put Daddy as your screen name. Women are actually Daddy, too. That's, uh... Dyke leather subculture, you ass. Yeah, you are out here being disrespectful and a historical trash. 
Maybe, like, people who use the word dyke. Fucking burn! Daddy has deep fucking roots in places that you have no fucking clue about. Live long enough to see marginalized queer sexual subculture go mainstream in memes about cishet boy bands. Um, there's a couple more, but I think you get the idea. I feel like we got the jizz so, of it. A couple things here. The jizz A couple things of here. it. Jizz. First of all, jizz. First of all, <laughs> chunky semen. <laughs> ropey, ropey semen. Ropey, ropey jism. So, daddy as a term... Daddy as a term isn't inherently Oedipal. It's not about wanting to fuck your dad. It's it's not about having daddy issues, though... I think a, I think there's a big slice of people who think that it's about daddy-ish. The, the term is literally daddy. It lends itself to that. And so there is, there is a certain level of truth to that. But daddy is actually a lot more about power dynamics. It's, it's a play off of uh, patriarchy rather than fatherhood. I feel like the, a big component, and again, I'm talking as a CIS uh, straight white dude, so I apologize if I'm speaking out of turn. From what I have read from people like Dan Savage, people like Kevin Allison, about the kink community, is that, like, shaming is a big no-no. Yeah. And it really bothers me when I see people shame people for, like, vanilla monogamous sex. Yes, I Because, I to me, that, like, goes against everything that I've read about uh, the, the kink community. Yeah. And, and the queer community. And it, and it, it wh- when I saw these tweets, because I remember seeing them, it, 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 I was almost, I was, I was actually kind of like bummed out because it's just like, man, there are assholes everywhere, like in every fucking subgroup and every fucking subset, every fucking fan base. There's always got to be one person who's super vocal and has to make a big stink about things, and sometimes it's for the right reasons, but I feel like this wasn't one of those times, and. You know, she's really putting the whole community down. By one of the things, yeah, yeah, one yeah. of the first things that I saw about um, uh, this, about Shanley Kane, uh, is like as soon as uh, Daddy Gate started happening. Uh, <laughs> Stupid fucking name also. <laughs> um, I read tweets about how she was essentially a troll. Um, not in that what she, that she doesn't believe what she's saying. But more that she, as, that her Twitter account tends to kind of lash out at um, really pretty random organizations and people. Well, this is this is why earlier I, I described her as very. She has a very specific goal in mind with her Activision, and she's very intense about it. And this is why it's rubbed people the wrong way because it has pushed her to to do and say things like this, where where in in the heat of the moment, I don't think. I don't like. I don't. I don't think. I, and by the way, like I want to qualify before we like continue to deconstruct this a little bit. Uh, that she has walked back these statements and that she has been like, yeah, 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 that was out of line. I like in the moment. I don't think that she or people like her realize what they're doing. Actually, something like this uh, just happened with uh, Zinnia Jones on Twitter. Got like fucking crazy harassed by these like leftist communists on Twitter who were telling her that she was like super Islamophobic and wanted uh, children to die because she would vote for Hillary. It, it was a whole it, it's 
I don't have the fucking energy to. to yeah, it's 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 the that. it's the same problem Jesus. with like Tumblr and stuff. It's the same. It's it's a different direction as Fortran Fortran trolls, where those folks are are motivated by like bigotry and hatred and uh whereas like people on tumblr and the discourse are are more uh the tone and tenor of their call outs it, it comes from a, a genuine place or a place where they genuinely want positive change but in the moment they aren't realizing that what they're doing is also hurtful and and is the very thing that they despise and I think, and this, uh, I, I feel like no one's made this point, and I, I know it's kind of a dumb point, but I think it's actually really important. So, okay. So she's claiming that people are appropriating daddy to just me, to, to something more vanilla and, and whatever. But, like, if we look at the actual etymology of the word and where it comes from, it's, it's a colloquial, the only reason it exists is because babies can't fucking talk yet. So it's like a childish way of saying dad for kids who can't full form words yet and stuff. Since this comes in its uh, uh, current like sexually related form, since daddy comes from kink, nobody owns kink. Nobody owns sexual. Like we, we, we were talking about foot fetishes either. Like some people just like missionary. Some people like feet. Some people... Some people like the feet of missionaries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not... It's not like a one to one like liking feet is like being a homosexual but but you're attracted to what you're attracted to and you're not you're not appropriating anything by appropriating a, a kink turn a kink turn that's specifically about power and and domineerance like if if you like your man to be a little more domineering in missionary even if it's just he's on top uh, or, or, or like she said, women can be daddy too. Like if still an accurate use of the term and it's not, it, it's not an insidious form of, uh, appropriation. Or you're in the corner while her and her work friend Carla are doing stuff in the other room. Yeah. Or, you know? or you're being Whatever. cut. Oh, that, oh no. Janet, why? <laughs> My wife of 45 years, Janet is cucking me with her work friend Carla. Yeah. But that's that's sort of where my story ends. She's she's walked back the outrage, and I know, like it's a lot of bullshit, and it's totally fine to shit on her for this. But I think that we've all been guilty of uh, getting pissed off on the internet and then realizing that we were wrong. If anybody is more interested in a deep dive of Daddygate in this uh, subject, there's an episode of Rocket FM that has. Uh, talking about daddy gate and they have like kind of a, a similar spin on it that we did but they're more familiar with the term and the culture and 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 feminism in general so i recommend anybody i think it's episode 85 of rocket fm so yeah this has been daddy gate and remember to carve media majors on your next victim or if a lone tree stands in the woods do not do not fuck up the spelling on that. There can be no typos, or the earth will open and <laughs> oh, swallow you up. Oh, don't do a typo. It'll Dear be like Lord, don't put a typo. And it'll take you to the hell dimension from Event Horizon. Listen, find the stone slab that your father was slain on and come on it. In the sh- and then in your come, write media majors. Oofa doofa. So speaking of semen, time for my story. <laughs> <laughs> Yes!
Awesome. Nailed it! We're about to watch <laughs> Eric jack off on Skype. <laughs> I mean, I've heard of Derek Jacobi. Before I begin, I want to remind people that my specialty is sports. And while it may seem like it's not, this is a story about baseball. Jesus Christ. Oh my god. Tell, like, uh, you can go on as many tangents as you want, because baseball is the most fucking <laughs> boring sport on earth. Baseball is probably like... I second that. Is, ...is definitely the sport I know the most about. But this is the story of... That's so sad. I get why people like it. It's a sport all about math. I just I'm don't kidding. find it entertaining to watch. They should let the players have guns. <laughs> this is a story about two men. Watch it then. Both of whom have pretty interesting names. The first of which is Charles Edward Brown Sequard. Okay. A Lord Farquaad's the cousin. The second one is James Francis Galvin, who, to his friends, was known as Pud. Sure. Hey, Pud, pass me the dip. Pass me the skull, bud. You guys know Pud is a is slang for your dick, right? We're going to start with the man whose name rhymes with itself. Charles Edward Brown Sequard was a Mauritian physiologist. He was born in 1817. Uh, he rose to prominence in the 19th century for his work on the human nervous system. He kind of bounced back and forth between New York City, Boston, and Paris as he taught at kind of the best uh, universities there. He um, taught at Harvard. He taught at the uh, Ecole de Médecine. I don't, I can't really do French pronunciation, but um, he is currently... Mm. <laughs> Just sound like you don't want to be uh, where you are. He is currently <laughs> known as the father of modern endocrinology. Oh, you could, you could even say the daddy of endocrinology. Ah! The daddy he of is also known for his consistent and disturbing experiments involving guinea pigs. <laughs> I just got a full frontal of Tom's daddy gate. <laughs> I had to scoot the laptop to put down my frappuccino. Yeah, I saw your frappuccino. <laughs> saw both of them. Guinea pigs. Uh, for instance, for a, for a period of over 20 years... Uh, Brown Sequard methodically removed portions of guinea pigs' spines and sciatic nerves in a failed attempt to prove that genetic inheritance could be impacted by physical modification. Jesus fucking Christ, that's some, like, house on haunted hill shit. Can you repeat that again? Sorry, do you want me to say what he did again? Yeah, can you repeat it? Sorry. Oh, he removed parts of... Uh, guinea pigs' spines and sciatic nerves. Okay. I'm um, on board. Because he thought that doing so would lead to a specific uh, disease in those guinea pigs and in their descendants. Yeah, sciatica. <laughs> I don't know how many guinea pigs were involved, but again, this was done over a period of 20 years. So it, it's not small. This is literally, okay. you're literally Wait, describing. hold on. Does the motherfucker have Charlie Brown in his name? I told, yeah, yeah. Charlie, Charlie Edward Brown second. You're literally <laughs> describing the setup to a horror movie, like, and the, the mad doctor would experiment on the guinea pigs until one day yeah, they broke free an and island? made him alive. And some say his spirit wanders the halls of the, <laughs> the, the, the animal shelter to this day. 
Brown Isn't Marlon Sackler Brando was known in this movie? as an experimentalist? Like at uh, he, I believe he later of died of a it. stroke, and he described his symptoms while he was doing it. Like he, <laughs> everything about him, everything that he did, he did with a mind to like what could what scientific advancement could come from it. I took the backs out of these guinea pigs because, well, I'm fucking crazy. <laughs> This preoccupation with experiments continued into his old age uh, when he was feeling less vivacious than no. he had been. No! No, 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 no. Guy's dick. What does he get? What other. Does he put a different animal's testicles into his scrotum, oh, Eric? I'm, I'm really glad we're getting the, the porno of the island of Dr. Moreau here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got this. The island, uh, the 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 island right, of Doctor like Mabone. Yeah, that's pretty good. The island of Doctor Monblow. Okay, that's stupid. He, uh, <laughs> stupid podcast. He was looking for essentially stupid like podcast. a scientific fountain of youth. He wanted to boost both his energy. The Isle of Fuckter Monroe. Great, Liam. Um, yes. The, uh... <laughs> What's that vivid video? Yeah, I'll write the script. He was he was trying to boost energy and libido, and he hit upon a theory. He essentially thought that eunuchs, people who do not have testicles, um, sorry, not just people, uh, men <laughs> who do not have testicles. <laughs> no people. He thought that he thought that men who had, I mean, all had women been, are are eunuchs, but not all eunuchs are women. He it's like squares. He thought that he thought that eunuchs were not only less masculine and weaker than normal men, but also not as smart. Like, he thought somehow that this correlated with intelligence. Mm. Okay. Based partially on this, he came up with a serum that oh, no. is described in a letter that he wrote no. to a uh, no. scientific journal, which I will read now. I, I, can we stop the podcast? I oh, have God. made use in subcutaneous injections oh, of a liquid containing a small quantity of water mixed with the three following parts. First, blood of the testicular veins. Secondly, Hold semen. on. Who's and testicular hey, veins? Hey, and guys. I'm, pump the brakes. I want to get finish. off. Let me finish, guys. Yeah. Let me finish. <laughs> Can we stop the ride? Thirdly, Juice extracted Shut from up. a testicle, Shut up. crushed immediately Shut after the fuck up, Eric. Stop it. from a dog or Stop a guinea it. pig. Why? Stop Those it. are two super different animals. Stop it. Wishing in all the injections made on myself to obtain the maximum of effects, I have employed as little water as I Excuse could. Excuse me, be right back. I'm going to go cut off my dick. Yeah, I'm going to go <laughs> kill myself. BRB. <laughs> to the kingdom of fucking heaven. What was the second thing he added into the mixer? Oh, My ears semen. blocked it out. The second one was just semen. Whose semen? His semen? Dog and guinea pig what semen. The what the fuck, the dude? <laughs> no, wait, that, I thought that was the third thing. What was the third thing? The third thing was juice extracted from the testicles. Okay. Uh, no potato fucking what potato. That Can we please not refer to that as juice? No, Tom, hey, that isn't what juice, juice is. I will no, say no, no, Tom, that is Tom, a direct quote. Tom, you are misunderstanding. The juice is a separate thing entirely. It is not seminal fluid. It's not that's why I asked that Oh, I know. Also I'm aware. Blood I'm, from okay, the testicular okay. veins, because that's also in oh. there. 
Oh, this is so hmm. good. What? What's what this, is this? Is this, this almond milk? What's this sauce is this I'm almond milk? No, 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 sir. This is no, no, testicle no, bro, juice. Bro, 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 bro. This is fuck testicle juice. So Fuck semen. No, 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 not Kill semen. Kill testicle me. juice. Very different. You have to press the testicles. Guys, we're like halfway done with this Jesus story. Christ. I'm like halfway done with killing myself. <laughs> so he took that mixture and injected it into himself through the skin. Um, what part of his skin, Eric? I don't know. It just says it subcutaneous. It was his throat. It was his throat. That would just, that wouldn't make you around. Honey, though. honey, that where's my hypodermic needle? I got some ball blood that needs okay, draining. Okay, I'll let you, here, I, I'm taking my hands. Jesus, take the wheel, Eric. Yeah. Eric, guide us. I think you're Jesus. Lee Sequard was so impressed by the effects that these, that this mixture had on him that he wrote to many of his peers and journals about the marvelous scientific and beneficial medical effects of this serum. Hi, and welcome to the newest episode of Sawbones. Justin and Sydney are taking the week off, so Eric's going to talk about <laughs> dick and ball torture. Fuck. Hi, you're listening to the dollop, but Gareth and David aren't here, and Eric's just going to talk about ball torture, <gasps> which is already an episode of the dollop. It should be noted... By the way, Ball Torture is my favorite um, uh, Dream Theater album. It should be noted that in the late 19th century, there were some sane scientists who ridiculed Brown Secord until the day he died. He essentially got laughed out of everywhere that he was after that. Eric, this. you told us this fucking story was about baseball, my dude. Enter James Francis Galvin. There we go. Known as Pud. <laughs> To his friends, because he, chose the he was wrong a major league to be a baseball of. pitcher who could turn batters to pudding. Hey guys, <laughs> that's not what pud means, fuckers. It means penis. Oh. Pud Galvin was uh, a pitcher in the late 19th century. Was he better than Cy Young? He was a contemporary of Cy Young. He was not better than Cy Young. He, however, oh, that means he was a contemporary of Rube Bordell, so he definitely wasn't a good pitcher. He uh, had a 2.85 ERA on his career, which is pretty good even for that time. It's very good. It would be very good for a modern-day pitcher. He won well over 300 games, um, but he also lost over 300 games, which puts him in second place all-time for number of losses by a pitcher. Uh, who's number one? Cy Young. Ha! Fuck you, Cy Young. Rube Bordell forever. Cy Young is number one in wins and losses because he just pitched a fucking ton. <laughs> I just like throwing things. That's my favorite Cy Young quote. <laughs> anyway. Tom, uh, the pitcher in baseball is the guy who throws it. Okay, okay, I was wondering. Oh, and let, let me remind you that this is all happening during the time of snake oil salesmen in America. And oh, God, after I didn't even think of that. After Brown Seckward, a respected scientist, published this in respected scientific journals, uh, Brown Seckward elixirs began popping up all over the United States. Ah, yes. Time to fan through another respected science monthly. Let's see. Oh, look at that. If I shoot my own jizz in my spine, I become stronger. Meredith, get me a needle. Anyway, in 1889, Pud Galvin was feeling old. He was coming near the end of his major league career. Hey, Pud. And hey, he Pud, get over here. He shoot. Put that uh, nut, 
Put this nut juice in your dick. It's gonna make you cum real good. Put drink this cum liquid. Put put nut juice in your ball sack. Pud, you gotta cum in your butthole and slurp up the cum in your butt. And so Pud Galvin injected a brown sickward elixir into him before a big game. And that's the plot of Human Centipede 4. <laughs> Ooh, fuller sequence. It should be noted that the elixir that Pud Galvin used did not contain guinea pig or dog semen. It, in, it c- instead contained monkey Fuck semen. Fuck off. Well, monkey see, monkey come. <laughs> Monkeys must jerk off like every second of every day, right? Like they're just <laughs> jerking off, right? <laughs> right guys hate, guys I agree with me podcast. i hate this podcast <laughs> <laughs> more animal semen oh boy <laughs> man we're getting real horned up this episode huh guys i don't know about you but i'm horny for monkey cum i don't think i'm ever gonna be able to get an erection again <laughs> my my where my penis is is just a sign that says back in five minutes <laughs> Pud Galvin injects this version of brown sequin elixir, which contains monkey semen, into himself. Monkey semen, and monkey dooman. And pitches a game. He's play, he plays for Pittsburgh at this time. It's 1889. That day, Pud Galvin pitches a complete game shutout. Holy shit. Are you telling me that he went balls out to the walls out? His performance is so dominant, so convincing, that... A prominent newspaper at the time said, and I quote, if there still be doubting Thomases who concede no virtue of the elixir, they are respectfully referred to yesterday's Boston-Pittsburgh game. It is the best proof yet furnished of the value of the discovery. All right, guys, we, we did it. We found a year that's worse than 2016. We finally did it. It's okay now. It was 1897. That newspaper oh was the Washington Fuck Post. Off. Fuck off and die Fuck in a fire. Off. Die Fuck in a off. fire forever, McAdams, you piece of shit. burn my house down. <laughs> Fuck you, Washington Post. This was the first known use of performance-enhancing drugs in baseball history. Why? I hate this podcast and everyone associated with it. And that is the end of my story. Fucking hell. God damn it. I'm so upset with the world. Are you telling me that the origins of steroid abuse is some Moroccan doctor who was like, I'm going to inject my nut juice in my thigh. He was Mauritian, and yes. Is Mauritian not from Morocco? I didn't ask because I was too scared. What does Mauritian mean? (laughs) Also, it should be noted that... Eric, what uh, does Mauritian mean? Let me look it up on the... I knew you didn't know! On the fucking map. It's an island nation, I know that. It's in the Indian Ocean. Oh, okay. This, yes, this. Yeah, okay. Yes, yeah, yes. Yes, this. This is the detail to focus on in the story. Yeah, thank you, Liam. Um, Sorry, I want to know where this fucker's from. So about 40 years later, people people go like, you know, there probably is a compound contained within uh, seminal fluid and testicular extracts, which can be used to remasculinize people. Um, and that's when science team extract science teams extracted fluids from bull testicles, 
um, and were able to isolate the hormone testosterone. Later that year, they were able to chemically produce testosterone without getting it from a bull's Oh, crotch. thank God. And I, I, yeah, I really wanted this story to end with, like, and every bit of testosterone, which is a, a, an anabolic steroid used by Major League Baseball players. I wanted to be able to say that, like, all the testosterone they get comes from bull testicles, but that's not true. It's just chemically made. Anyway, that's my story. Fuck, man. I'm so glad we decided to Performance enhancing drugs in baseball have a long and storied history, guys. Oh, my guys. God. What is it with, Eric, what is it with you and I and animal penises? I feel like it's just all we talk about anymore. Technically, I've only talked about testicles today. That's true. I'll give you that. Well, I'm sad and grossed <laughs> right. out. And want I don't to die. Know how to you understand why I had hey, to Tom. come back on this podcast hey, Tom, to guess share what? story, though, we, right? We, we broke our streak of not having downer episodes. <laughs> <laughs> We're back to oh, normal. Good. No stat. It's all. It's, but... it's it's just all stat and lawsuits from here on out, folks. Hey, why not? Why do they call it statutory and not vagatory, folks? This has been Media Majors, a <laughs> podcast about major media. Who's do we have anything this? to plug? Please cut that out. Eric, not only am I going to keep that joke in, I'm going to make it so you said it. <laughs> All right, Plugs. let's plug our shit and then go fucking kill Media ourselves. Media Majors cast on, uh, on Twitter.com. Uh, yeah, don't go to the Tumblr. It's not a thing yeah, anymore. Uh, my, I'm Halloween name, comma, fuck on Twitter. Yeah, follow the three of us on Twitter if you want to see us talk I'm, I'm at Edaciously Yours, and my fun Halloween name is Sexy Eric Costume. <laughs> I write about games. Just Google Tom Lockney, Game Informer, or Destructoid. Uh, Thomas Lockney, actually. And you'll be able to find all of my shit. Uh, I also produce a analytical video series called Chaboy Explains. The first episode was about Inside and how it's uh, Marx's critique of class. And the second episode is going to be released on Halloween, and it's looking at Dead Rising is a piece of zombie fiction and satire. Yay. And I believe I'm going to be in a future Chaboy yes. Explains. And I I'm think excited. the noir elements of Mirror's Edge. Fun, fun, fun. Uh, Eric, do you have anything to plug other than your Twitter? Shmanime Podcast. You can find that at shmanimepodcast.tumblr.com. It's an anime podcast, and it's pretty stupid, but maybe funny. <laughs> who, who do you host it with? Oh, uh, it's this guy named Liam. He's a toolbox. It's, yep, that's accurate. Okay, my turn. Um, I do. Uh, I write about video games all the time. Just Google Thomas Logney Game Informer <laughs> and find all my writings. Uh, no, I uh, I do sketch comedy with my friends. Boys Night Videos. We haven't made a sketch in a while because we're all in school and life is hard. All right, so get off my back. I will not oh. let you forget this. Yeah, well, go fuck yourself. Uh, go eat your nut juice. <laughs> go drink, drink your nut juice, and go to bed. Either you can subcutaneously inject it if you want to be like Charles Edward Brown Sequard, maybe, or you can actually, you know, do something that will have a medical effect on you and buy anabolic testosterone. Uh, I host an anime podcast with this goober named Eric. Uh, it's called Schmanime. Go find it. It's fun. Um, I have a new podcast coming out. Hopefully, in the next couple weeks, called Musty TV. Uh, my friend Josh and I watched the first and last episode of a off-air series to see whether it's uh, whether it is 
worth pursuing. Usually it's not because television was crap for a long time, but it's a lot of fun. <laughs> My uh, partner in crime, Jane Kripe, and I, a previous guest, have written a play that is part of the Bad Theater Fest in New York. Uh, we're on the November 4th sp- November 4th spot Uh, so just google Bad Theater Fest and if you're in the New York area come on out and see Junk a play by Jane Kripe and Liam Sr we just started rehearsals it's going to be a lot of fun and make sure you follow Media Majors and Shmanime stuff and yeah I think that's it hella rad yeah great job guys even though I'm (sighs) well everybody thank you so much for listening to another episode of media majors Eric will never ever ever be back on the podcast we promise you that (laughs) Uh, nope because he's gonna be on the live episode we do because we need people for it party in oh yeah we're 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 gonna have a live episode probably in 2017 in January in DC we will have more information about that once we get closer to it but uh, it's going to happen. It's going to be a really good time. Uh, if you're around, come out. If not, get ready to listen to, like, hopefully, I, I know we have at least four people that are going to go. The three of us and Jane said she wanted in. Uh, I have to talk to some more people. We might get a music-based story from a dear friend of mine and a uh, a, a regular on, sh- not a regular, but he's been on a couple shmanimes, so maybe you should go find out who I'm talking about, guys. Donovan's real great. He's great. Listen to Mr. Daywalker's music. It's the best. He does the theme for Shmanime and the closing. Okay, Tom, let's stop yeah, this. Everybody, go buy a booth, uh, appropriate daddy, and definitely inject semen into your cock. Oh, and remember. And please, please carve media majors into uh, the old gypsy woman that lives outside your building. She'll know what to do. Uh, and, and remember. We'll be there. For you. For you? <laughs>